Welcome to Stories with Shrinks, a podcast where we over-psychoanalyze characters from our favorite movies, TV, and media. I'm Tyler, he, him, his. I'm Jennifer, she, her, hers. And today we have a special little holiday treat for you, as we often do this time of year. Uh, And that holiday treat is we're going to talk about things that are about togetherness, things that are about community. It's the most vague theme ever, and we both struggled to find something, but it works. (laughs) This is fine. This is fine. But I think connectiveness and togetherness is something that's really important. And it's a big theme this time of year. Yes, it is. And, you know, hey, it's all good. So, Jen, what is one community that you engage in that you enjoy? As our get to know you As again, a, a very vague, a very, very vague, vague get to know you question. Also, um, today's theme is vagueness. I think there's many uh, a community that I engage in. Like you can go into the larger nerd community. Yeah, absolutely, that's kind of obvious, probably for mm-hmm. the two of us. Um, when it comes to engaging in community, I'm a huge crocheter, y'all. Yeah, and I am up in the reddits for the woobles and the and the crochet patterns and all that fun stuff. Um, I'm a Swifty. Hell yeah. We clown around here with conspiracy theories. That's a community. Um, and that was a song lyric, I'm pretty sure. What? The, what you just said. Probably. All right, cool. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of fun. Um, Dog Mom. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's a community. We have our own nice. math, so. That's true. Yes. But I think, yeah. Absolutely. A community there. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's also like the greater therapist community. Oh, that's nothing. No, I, mean, I don't. I don't identify as a therapist in the therapist community. <laughs> it depends on which part of the therapist community, honestly. Right. Um, some people real chill. You can see where my priorities <laughs> lie: crafting, Taylor Swift. Yes. <laughs> Nerd. Not. not oh, I'm career. a therapist. Yeah. I mean, hey, that, I tell clients that all the time to define yourself as like the things you enjoy rather than what you do for a right? living. So. The, I think the thing being we are both blessed to have a job that we enjoy, enjoy on top of, you know, the stuff that we enjoy outside of it. Disney adult, that's a community. <laughs> that was going to be the one, one of the ones I did. Uh, yeah, theme park fan Yes. Uh, was be, would be one of mine. Uh, I think leather crafting community, uh, the LARP community, D&D. D&D. I think D&D. the one that stands out to me the most is like the, t- the D&D tables that we're at. Yes. Mm-hmm. Those communities that, like, when you're the DM, you are cultivating a, a community and a mm-hmm. culture at that table, and it's important yeah. to have a safe one and one that mm-hmm. feels good. And uh, a snack captain. Yes. I try so hard. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So I think that those are some important ones, but the D&D one was really the major one I wanted to, to highlight for myself, yeah. just because I've been thinking about that a lot uh, with just the season and with all of our group and everything. It's just nice. We have a real nice table right now. Everybody's real fun to play with, and... Even if Jen is sometimes a rules lawyer or not a rules lawyer and is like, yeah, but the rules say I can do this. And it's like, do they, though? They do. They don't. Um, I am not a (laughs) rules lawyer when it comes to helping people who don't know how to read their character sheets fully. Oh, no, that's fine. That's not the part I'm upset with. But I will also mechanically forget and challenge sneak attack. Yes. Every single (laughs) battle scenario. That's just that's just that's just how rogues. That's rogue culture. So when you're creating a rogue, step one, challenge DM. (laughs) Step two, forget how sneak attack works. Yes. Step three. Challenge DM after he explains how, how sneak, sneak attack, attack works. <laughs> you need to have advantage on the attack, and I don't, don't because. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, so fun. Ah, D and D, good times. But yeah, so that would be the one, the major one I wanted to highlight today. 
Abria's considered a rules lawyer, and if Mama says it's okay. <laughs> hey, do what you got to do, I suppose. Yes. All right. Anyway, that's sort of our get to know you. Without, we're, I think I like the like the loose like thing. We got a loose vibe going. Loose, it's Lucy. Yeah, we're Lucy Goosey today. It's nice. All right. So without any further ado, Jen, I believe you have a new client. I do have a new client that you know. I was I switched last minute. We took a a weird left turn beforehand. I was like, wait, this actually might work better. And segueing from the D and D conversation, I am actually in the town of. And I'm going to butcher all the names of this because I last listened to the audiobook a good time ago. So mm. we're just going to roll along. It's now what I make it. Um, but I'm I'm in the town of Thune where a coffee shop recently opened up. And I got to know the proprietor and invited them to come talk whenever they needed a space. And so my new client is um, an individual by the name of The. Um, and Viv, sorry, Viv, not V, initials V, sure. but Viv. I have a new client by the name of Viv. Um, they are an orc. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to work as a swordswoman and mercenary, but recently tired from the life of adventuring to open their own little coffee shop and has been really struggling to find a sense of community Mm. and acceptance Mm. of community Mm. in the town due to feelings of unworthiness Mm -hmm. given their past work as a mercenary and as an orc barbarian because they know what they've done and if other people realized it would they still want to be friends with me Mm. coming together community nice nailed it nailed it um so this is from a book called Legends and Lattes. Um, it's kind of inspired by the idea of what would happen after the D&D campaign is over and where your characters would retire often. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lovely little, as they say, high fantasy, low stakes book. But just so you guys know where this is from. Um, so again, I'm working with uh, Viv. And again, we're coming in talking about what it's meant to retire from such a high intensity, very... Um, identity thriving career path as a mercenary as a killer as the barbarian who goes in swinging first and how has that shaped her identity and in turns how it doesn't have to define her identity Mm -hmm. now and doing that identity work of that's what you used to do and that's a part of your story and a part of your chapters and I talk to clients about like you write your story other people don't get to define you and what that means then later is how do you want the story to now be and kind of coming from Tyler's camp of act looking at that acceptance and commitment piece uh, accepting who you were and what you've done to get up to this point Mm -hmm. and not shaming yourself for those past actions or shaming what you've done to get here rather accepting where you've come from and who you are now because of it and what you bring to this new community and how their little coffee shop has really started to form a community within itself Mm -hmm. and something that she comes in and talks about is when her past adventurers come in to visit what it's like having old community interact with new community after you have felt a change 
And I think this is something that a lot of people, even in a non-fantasy world, can relate to of just like past meets present. When you have your old high school friends meet your new college friends. When you have uh, the people from your new hometown come home to you, come back home with you to the old town. Um, and, you know, how do you get old friends to meet you where you're at now? How do you have new friends understand who you have been to these people? And how, yeah, you have inside jokes that they will never understand and that's okay. Or how some jokes aren't funny anymore and that's okay. And kind of having that conversation of who we want to be and how do we set healthy boundaries and communicate those boundaries with your old friends in your new town. Does that mean you have to have a hard conversation of, hey, you know, I'm not trying to be a new person here, but I've become a new person. And I am not the barbarian I don't want to be that barbarian. I have literally hung up my sword. <laughs> and yeah. for a while, even just their processing and struggling of, I don't even want the sword out. I want it to be hidden away and kind of coming to terms with that is a part of who you are and that's okay. So then the other found piece here is the found family community and learning to accept that people may actually like who you are. And there is a conversation of like orc discrimination happening of like that self like yeah there is a perception of orcish individuals and what that might mean and how you define yourself and how you portray yourself and what is that meant for you in your travels and here now and um, being a business owner as a female what does that mean and how do you uh, navigate all that and giving them opportunities to explore those identities and intersections with their community and then again back to this found family of it's okay to let people in and what trust and what compassion work do we need to do for ourselves and we talk about like there's that protector part if you're doing like internal family systems work of a protector part that doesn't want you to get hurt so they're going to build that wall and not let people in they're amazing at their job we don't want them away. We don't want to fire them because that's an important role of how to keep people in your life and keep people out of your life in a safe way. But not everyone is a threat. And maybe we can trust them and let down those guards. And even if it starts with just me in the therapy room and then practicing with someone we trust, uh, they talk about friends that they're forming. Um, so like, okay, we can slowly let Cal in. We can slowly let... The person you just hired in and go from there we don't have to trust the whole town tomorrow we don't have to let them all into all of our deep dark secrets but we can start small until we feel that we can accept that we are worth their acceptance and kind of work from there and give just there a space to talk about what they're going through as they're opening up their own little coffee shop and that would be my time that's awesome. Now I want to read that book. Yeah, I was like, no spoilers for Tyler. <laughs> I don't think I spoiled too hard. No, I don't think you did. Uh, you gave a general... That was back, back cover stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gave a general gist of the character. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I really love the idea of, like, accepting who you are, including all of your past versions of yourself. Yeah. Um, it's something that is big in the act world. It's this idea, like, there's not a delete button mm -hmm. in the brain. Your brain holds everything so kid you exist teenage mm -hmm. you exist adult you exist which then ties into internal family systems of yeah like these different parts of you yeah 
And it's really like it's it's so illustrative for people when you can get them to talk about that part mm -hmm. because then it helps them to fully accept who they are now because we are the sum of all of that yeah. stuff. Um, so even, for example, just last night I was talking with a client and they were like, you know, we were talking and they were like, oh, I just don't, I find that my life is not full of, doesn't have as much comfort or is, I'm not taking care of myself in the ways that I would want. And I was like, okay, well, let's break it down this way. When you were a kid, how did you seek comfort? When you were a teenager, how did you seek comfort? When you're an adult, how do you seek comfort? And we went through all three of those things and none of them were currently working. Right. And it was like, hey, you need to figure this out. Yeah. Um, and part of that is just that acceptance of you are part of your kid's self. And so the example I give is like, sometimes for myself, when I'm having a bad time, the voice that kicks back is like, I'm like, what do I need right now? And the voice that kicks back is like chocolate milk. Yeah. Because as a kid, freaking loved chocolate milk. Uh, and it fulfills that sort of inner child part but with this person it's talking about probably another part of their adult life mm -hmm. that they have now shelved and put away uh the idea of like there's a season for everything but then coming back to like that season still happened mm -hmm. just because we're in fall now or winter now doesn't mean that summer doesn't <laughs> exist um and, and we'll come back through town yeah right? <laughs> and, and that the consequences of summer don't feed into those later seasons yeah. um so it's really, I think, an interesting viewpoint to have with a character to be like, okay, yes, you want to move forward from this thing, but also you got to kind of own that that, that, that stuff happened and you yeah. weren't your best self then, and that's okay. Right. Or even if you were the best version of yourself for what you were doing at that time, we can look back and go, at that time that worked, and I'm mm -hmm. now doing something different. Yeah. And that's okay too. And I'm now my best version of myself now because yes. of it. And, yeah. And I often will tell people the same thing. It's like, if you look back on that stuff and you like, you cringe or you think like, oh, that, I was so bad or whatever. That's just a sign that you've grown. Yeah. It's not a sign of anything else. You weren't bad. You weren't horrible. You've just grown past that. And the reason you look back on it now with that, that lens is because you're further along. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that... The, with that is just a, a lovely quote that I love to add in uh, that I saw from somebody that is kill the part of yourself that cringes, not the part of yourself that is cringe. Yes. Um, and <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah, yes. I love that quote a lot. Uh, and so, you know, part of that as well with this is just learning to accept. Yeah, I did some horrible stuff. But yeah, and look at us having a nice little discussion about this right. whole character. Um, to your chocolate milk, one assignment that I assign clients all the time is like, you know that one movie that you loved watching as a mm -hmm. kid? Go watch it. Yep. Just go. Same Bam, thing. Bam, Bam, be cool. Go watch it. Yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas, go watch it. Like, yeah. whatever it is, go watch it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, if a client's coming to me and telling me Bambi was their favorite movie as a kid, we're going to unpack that. It's a common old We're going to unpack that, though. <laughs> Bambi 2? <laughs> Stands up. Sure, but Bambi 1 is depressing. Yeah, that's true. Um, but Fine, anyway. if Winnie the Pooh was your favorite movie as a kid, go watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what uh, what made you choose Viv for this very vague topic? For this very vague topic, well, we were talking about, like, community, and last night I was thinking of doing another book series um, that has, like, community in it. But then um, before we record podcasts, we take dogs on walk. Mm -hmm. And... Um, we were talking about books that we had been reading and I was like, wait a second. And this book came to mind and I was like, this whole, one of the major themes of this book is found family and community that works better for this specific topic. I don't have to stretch it as far because so much of it is forming the new community, being accepted into community and learning that you are allowed to be accepted into a community that even if you're brand new, that doesn't mean you're not welcomed. 
and I think that's hard for a lot of adults going into new areas, new towns, new friendships, new relationships of, I, I don't deserve to be here. <laughs> I'm new. That's okay. And I think even, like, the fact that this comes from a D&D world, so often people are like, well, I've never played. I can't find a table. I won't be welcomed. If a table's not welcoming a new player, it's not you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a table. Um, there are... New players are the best. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just finding a place where you belong and knowing that you belong there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you all for listening to part one. We'll be back in just a sec with part two. stories with drinks where we are talking about community togetherness and how important it is during holiday season with this theme Mm -hmm. and tyler i do believe you have a new client i do and i took this a little bit of a different way going back to the very beginning of the episode when i talked about the community that i cultivated at our D &D table i bring to you jen lorelei good who is a character (laughs) from our current campaign uh that is one of my npcs uh, and you're going to get a little bit of more Wait, background. Wait, both pick D&D yeah. things. Turns out D&D is about togetherness and community, not about a bunch of nerds eating snacks in a basement. We don't play in a basement. Exactly. That's so, what I'm saying. Yeah. And we uh, eat full dinner. And we eat dinner. <laughs> We're I adults. might be snack captain, but I full dinner No, we we do, we do full dinner. No, I'm just saying we're breaking the stereotype <laughs> yes. here a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, I bring you Lorelai Good. Uh, Lorelai Good is a 54-year-old tiefling woman. Mm -hmm. She's cisgender, heterosexual, and she is the owner of an inn in an outpost in the middle of the desert. Uh, And she is coming in primarily for a couple things. Mm -hmm. The first one being she is a pillar of this community. She is a caretaker for a lot of the people here. And because of that, caretaker burnout and that Mm -hmm. kind of a thing, the second thing we're going to talk about with her is she has this kind of will-they-won't-they they romance with another person in town. Who's horrible. Who's not a great person. <laughs> uh, and kind of processing her place in that and what she thinks about those things. And then uh, for a third thing, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what the third thing might be if I can think of a third thing. <laughs> we might just do two. Uh, typically, I try to do three bullet points, but we might just do two today. But anyway, so for her as a caretaker... Uh, I think the first thing to know about her is that when she was adventuring around as a younger tiefling, she was a cleric. Uh, And so she has cleric spell slots and she's used them in the campaign. So this shouldn't be too much of a surprise for you. Um, But but she's always been this sort of caretaker person in her life. And there was a upheaval with the people she had been traveling with uh, about probably four or five years before our campaign starts and she left her place that she knew and went out to the desert to this fledgling little town and eventually got enough notoriety to be on the list to be one of the people to found a new outpost when those new outposts were being built Uh, so she's been out here for a long time she's been caretaking for people that entire time and she has been running an inn where she is sort of like the one place in town where people can sleep and unfortunately recently uh a plane uh shifting bomb went off and her whole building went away but no one died 
No one died, and so that's nice. But she now has to be a caretaker in a moment of crisis where everyone is back to sleeping in tents. There's no building. There's no uh, reconstruction of the plumbing that was in that building and the kitchen that was in that building. And so everything has gone kind of back to basics for her. And because of that, she's getting a little run down and she is getting a little bit burnt out. She's having these things of just like, I just can't anymore. I need time for myself. And so we're going to talk about that together of like, what are some things you can do for yourself to take care of yourself? Do you need some time away? Do you need to go back to the bigger city for a little while and just hang out there? But then she's like, but if I'm gone, then other people are in danger possibly. And if somebody gets really hurt, I can heal them. And all of the things that kind of come up with this idea of being a healer and also being a caretaker. Uh, and so obviously we have parallels here to therapists, nurses, doctors, people who are in the caretaking fields uh, in our own reality. And oftentimes you see this kind of same level of burnout. And most of the time, the answer to burnout is taking a vacation, mm -hmm. taking time off so you can have some separation and remind yourself that your life is not just your work. And that, yes, you are a caretaking person. That's how you got into this position in the first place. But it doesn't mean that that has to be everything about who you are. You can do things for yourself. You can do things to help yourself and move yourself along. And a lot of dealing with burnout in this way is just to take time off, go do something fun, separate a little bit, and then come back with a new found, like, okay, I've got the energy to do this again. Um, for her, probably going to take some time for that. But uh, in the meanwhile, there's a crisis going on in the world. And so she's feeling like I can't take time off. So instead, it's like, okay, how do we, uh, the metaphor I always use with clients is how do we hold the airplane together with bubble gum and duct tape? How do we keep you in the air long enough to get you to a time where you can take time off? And really for her, that is going to look like, what is the, what is self-care looking like for you? And before this whole mess shot off to go into our second bullet point, self-care for her was really originally on this outpost. It was just her and one other person living here. Uh, and you know, closeness and time together. They may not have a ton in common, but because of their time together and their closeness, they, you know, hooked up a couple times and then more than a couple times and then had a relationship for a little bit and then broke up and then currently are kind of, you know, seeing each other, but on the down low. Uh, if you've played Stardew Valley, think like the mayor and Marnie. That's kind of the idea of their relationship. Um, everybody knows, but nobody knows, if you know what I mean. But we all know. Yeah, exactly. And so her thing now is like, well, I'm this dude, like the, like, I like him, but we don't have a ton in common, but also like, if we are going to stay together, I want him to commit, you know, all this stuff. It's really dangerous right now. Like she's got a lot on her mind. That's not just like this relationship. And so going like, what do I do with this relationship? What is the thing here? And helping her process that. Is it just, is it okay for this to just be casual for a little while? Is it okay for this to be more serious? And what do you actually want from this? What are you getting from it? What do you need from it? What do you want from it? And oftentimes uh, when people are actually leaving therapy with me, I have a set of questions that I totally stole from one of my supervisors uh, that is like a quality assurance questions about how therapy went. But you can twist those questions a little bit to talk about relationship with somebody, when, whether they're in or just leaving a relationship. And the, like, the way that it would be is like, first question is just sort of, what are you getting from this relationship that you want? 
is there anything from this relationship you wanted that you haven't gotten? Uh, of the things that you haven't gotten, are any of those things needs? So what's the next level up? <laughs> and then finally, of the things that you have gotten, what are the ways you're working to maintain those things that you wanted? Um, so you do the, that kind of a conversation and kind of pick apart the relationship in that way because it can kind of tell the person like, oh, this is working for me or this is really not working for me. And if it becomes a thing about like values, which they do have very different values, uh, it then becomes, okay, is this somebody that was fun for a little while and now we're moving past that and moving on to something else? Um, I wouldn't say better, although with the character that she is, better. Be better. better. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, or does it look like moving forward in a new chapter of your life in a new way? And so talking to her about that, and she is an older woman. She, you know, for her teeth, teethlings have about the same lifespan as humans. So she's 54. She's just past middle age. No, she's so much younger in my brain. <laughs> She, uh, I, when I had to think about you bringing her for this, I had yeah. to think about like, how old is she actually? Yeah. And it's no. because it's because of her energy, her energy, her vibe is much younger, Yeah. but her age is, she is 54. And it's this idea that like, she now is going, okay, well, what do I really want from life? And I think one of the nice things about age is that you get more in insight and intuition on those things. And so to really ask her to be vulnerable and open with herself doesn't matter if she's vulnerable and open with me but she needs to be vulnerable and open with herself to say like is this really working you know this this building disappearing and now being completely gone basically your life's work for the last 10 years now being gone is that a sign maybe to start over somewhere else or to move on in some way to move forward in some way or is it a sign to dig in deeper and keep going on the way that you're going and that may hey look we walked into a third a third uh, bullet point there, there you go which is, you know, life in general, is this a sign of a seasonal change to do something else? Uh, or to go and do, you know, keep doing what you're doing here, or go and do at a different outpost, or whatever might be, what it might look like, so that she can move forward in whatever way is going to be most healthy for her. And I can't answer that for her, even though technically I am her. Uh, <laughs> uh, I can't really answer that question for her it would be something she'd have to figure out with me and i would just be holding space for her. just like what is the thing that is going to work best for you in the next chapter and you know i think finding that answer for her would be a journey and it would take some time but that would be the direction we're headed so that is lorelei good a non-player character from our D, D campaign and a little bit more insight into her and how she works fascinating for me at least because now my character is like ooh, no metagaming <laughs> <laughs> though most of what you said my character kind of knows yeah so. i think give you gave you more backstory than anything than you already had but and i mean technically her um in's not gone it's just probably like in the fey i think you I, said. it is in the fey wild yeah. yeah and we have access so yeah but you chose not to go get it you you all went nah <laughs> well it was like okay how are we gonna get it back yeah versus like bad thing killing city Let's yes. have a city for it to come back to. Yes, yes, absolutely. I know, I'm just being a smart yes. ex. Um, though, let's all just move to the Fey and forget what's happening in our world. Um, hey, plan C, right? Plan C. <laughs> um, fascinating. So why did you go this route? Uh, because for me, community, like, uh, when I was thinking about communities I'm a part of, that's really where this kind of idea came mm -hmm. from, for the whole vague thing. 
Uh, and I was like, our D&D table is like a community I'm really proud of that yeah. like you and I have cultivated together. It's not ju- I'm not going to take full credit on that. You've you've pretty much invited every player to our table, <laughs> save for the one that yes. is my partner, um, who I said, come play this thing. Try it out once and see if you like it. And now she's like super into it. Um, but like we've cultivated this really nice culture at our table where there is this open safety and we have safety rules in place, but honestly, everybody feels really comfortable with each other to just talk it out. Yeah. Um, the one time we had like a safety thing come up, like, uh, you know, our one of our newer players who doesn't know me as well yes. was like, yeah, just don't ever do that to me again. And it, that was the whole conversation. And it, it goes to say, like, the culture we have, to, you know, at the table is one of openness and safety. And that was really important to me. Um, so... Yeah, I wanted to just honor our D&D table a little bit. And I knew that would be a fun surprise for you. Yes. No, absolutely. Like, D&D has been amazing. Like, as a as a culture in our lives. Mm-hmm. So, and forced, haha, you have to come hang out with us. And <laughs> it forces a bunch of adults to spend time with each, each other, other once a month. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but no, it's so important. And even just, like, what you were talking about in in the world of ours and like the couples relationship stuff like the like those questions are so important to ask yourself and mm-hmm. just kind of going back to the overall themes you talked about but um she deserves so much better i want to kill her partner <laughs> yeah he's he's i mean he's not a bad person he's just not driven by good values no. i think is the thing to say he's like what like lawful neutral he's he is absolutely lawful neutral yeah he's not evil he's just a dick (laughs) (laughs) he's not evil he's just capitalism (laughs) i was gonna say he's not evil he's just a capitalist which (laughs) is evil um yeah but no thank you so much and we hope that during this holiday season you can connect with your communities yeah if it's through family friends found players games video games books parasocial there's so many communities out there and to just like help each other and be kind to each other and listen to each other and advocate for each other call your representatives yeah and um you'll notice over on our instagram which will be the segue of go check out our instagram stories with shrinks where you can find mental health advocacy our latest updates and right now a lot of ways that you can support minority groups that need a voice larger than what they are capable of right now due Mm -hmm. to systemic issues so um resources available there and um thank y'all yeah thank you so much everyone take care we'll see you next time Stories with Shrinks is an entertainment and education podcast. Our views are our own and should not be considered canon or associated with any of the media or universes we discuss. And thank you to Purple Planet Music for our theme song, Phoenix Rising. You can find music for all your podcasting or YouTube needs at www.purple-planet.com. <laughs>